Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like the Chicago Cubs, is bad. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. I like that one. It was simple, <laughs> to the point, accurate. I liked it all. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the support. And yep. uh, this week, among many things, we will be d- discussing the fantastic Cardinal pitching staff. Some updates on recent roster moves and injuries. We're going to keep an eye on the Yachty and Wayno record-breaking pace. And we're going to try to make some bold predictions about the last month of the season. at talk about birds well ben it is september holy cow we're almost there this this thing is almost done well are we racing towards something what's what's happening um i think an early grave (laughs) (laughs) i uh yeah well we can only hope um yeah first off but yeah i i don't know if it's or I, I don't even know really how to say this, but it feels like it has absolutely flown by this year. This entire season, this whole year has flown by. Um, the Cardinal season has flown by. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting because, you know, doing this podcast has really forced it to sort of slow down for me, oh, you know, man. Yeah. Um, where, you know, really paying more attention than I ever had before and 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 also just the excruciating amount of time i've just been talking to you about it really has you know dragged down the season for me so it feels like it's i i would expect it to feel like the season has been going forever but yeah i don't know it definitely feels like it's it's gone really really fast and uh there's been a lot that's happened this year um you know and it's crazy to think that there's only a month left of of games just around 30 games left and uh and surprisingly, the Cardinals might, I'm knocking on wood here, might be in store for uh, at least some meaningless games in the regular season, which yeah. uh, we haven't seen in a while. That is unless you consider they might be hunting down the Mets for that first seed, but <laughs> we'll talk or that second seed, but we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, I mean, we're at the point now where 90 in 90 wins is basically a guarantee and 90 plus is is very, very likely. Um I think that's probably where it'll end, but uh, unless something miraculous happens. But yeah, I don't know if I like if you would have asked me six months ago if I felt like the Cardinals were poised to easily get to 90 plus wins. I'm not sure. I probably would have made a bet on 90. I don't know if I would have bet on 90 plus like. Yeah, um, like like, you know, they're at 80 wins right now. That's that's I would argue have to have a bad month not to hit that. Yeah, yeah. I would argue, though, that it ne- hasn't necessarily been easily get to 90 plus wins. You know, it was not well, sorry, that long at, ago at the point of our of demarcation that we're talking about right now. It feels sure. easy. Okay. But no, there was there was a time three months ago where I mean, you go back, listen, to the episodes we were crying about our pitching staff and about everything about everything, really. Yep. But hey, we're here now and we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. So let's jump right in. Um 
we got to talk about probably the coolest thing that happened in the last week. I had heard rumblings that something was happening. Um, and you know, we, because it's baseball, you had to wait for the opportunity to actually happen, which was a, uh, a Ryan Helsley close closing situation yeah. at Bush stadium. And we got one last night and the, uh, stadium operators were able to unveil the new sort of walk up uh, song for Helsley. What do you think of it? I thought it. I thought it was like one of the coolest things I've seen at a baseball yeah. stadium. Um, like the, I, I'm all about the Edwin Diaz, Timmy Trumpet. I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like you know everybody's kind of dancing. It's it's like a clubby song, and uh, right. you get that trumpet, and it's. It is, I, I would say it's fun more than it is um, competitive like intimidating. or intimidating yeah. or something yeah. like that. I think there is a, there's, there's a pageantry to it, which I just, you know, as a rule, I appreciate. Um, but the Helsley thing, and if you haven't seen it, basically what happens is all, every single thing that emits light in Bush Stadium turns like a very specific red. It's not even cardinal red. It's like a... Yeah. a well, I, what I have written in the in the outline here is hellacious. It's it's it looks <laughs> I was like, say like a devil red. Yeah, it looks yeah. like you're going to hell, um, which <laughs> I think is appropriate with his last name being Helsley, of course. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> God. <laughs> um. So I really like that. I don't know. It's, it's better it's, than a hard spit right into the microphone like you just did. <laughs> I got my spit guard on, um, you know, so they, the, the, I, or, or let me take a, a quick step back. Like, I think this is so great. Every baseball stadium should do this. If you have a closer worth anything, the Rockies have done this for a little while and the Rockies will kind of, uh, what they'll do is they'll knock all the stadium lights out for a second and then they'll kind of slowly come on and it'll be like lights out, Daniel Bard, blah, blah, blah. And they'll play some song. And, um, so I, I, I'm all for this. I think every team should be doing it. Uh, I think Ryan Helsley's is probably the coolest one that I've seen. And I know that we are extremely biased, but it, yeah. look at the video and the way that the whole stadium turns red, the people in the stands turn red, ACDC comes on. And I mean, if that doesn't get you rocking and if that, I, I mean, I know that they're professional athletes and everything, but how would you not be a little intimidated or there, there's some lizard brain thing that you're like, Oh <laughs> shit. What, what I've, is I've happening? Gone to right hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. It was really awesome. You know, I have talked about before on this show that I loved the one we did for Trevor Rosenthal way back in the day. And it had a similarly sort of epic quality to it. Uh, but it still, I think you're right. That, that fact that the lighting hits the whole, crowd as well and just bathes the whole thing in this really eerie sort of red um it's a really unique experience and i'm looking forward to uh hopefully seeing it in person sometime soon i've only seen the video like probably most of us have so uh it, yeah it's really really fun and i'm glad that they're doing it i think it's pretty obvious at this point that helsley's pretty locked in as a high leverage reliever and so we should be able to see this for a while how do you think Giovanni is feeling about this right now? The interesting thing with that, I mean, you know, first of all, who who knows? But like Giovanni has still done well and he's still been very valuable. It's just like, what do you do when you have someone like Helsley who comes out of nowhere and is having a not record setting season, but like pretty close to it? I feel like you just yeah. have to say like, well, 
It's not like I lost my job because I was bad, even though he did have some struggles, but nothing more than anyone normally has as a reliever. He just has been like outclassed. And there's only so much, I think, like as a competitor, you could feel bad about that. And the fact that he's on your own team and and you're winning a lot, and he's still getting his save opportunities. They've actually... If you're just going off of that, like Helsley and Gallegos have basically been a committee uh, all season. They they have almost the same amount of all of the those sort of reliever style stats. So it's not like he's really uh, lost it either, you know. So I'd like to think that he's like, hell yeah, you know, we're great. We're a great combo. So get up here yeah. and let's do this, you know. Uh, Good luck but, with us. We're tough. Yeah. Tough in different ways, too. Um, that's what I think it works that way. And I think that we've yeah. seen Marmol be, um, you know, besides just trying to control Helsley's usage and be thoughtful about it. Um, I do think we've seen still some of those matchups where Helsley's, um, pitch type just is maybe more appropriate for the, for the hitters he's facing. But then also it's like, it's not like hell's there's anyone who really lines up well against Hell's Hellsy either, no. you know, but th- he's still getting save chances. He's still getting high leverage chances. I don't think he's necessarily lost his job. He just, you know, shares it a little bit more now. Sure. Do you think, what about the idea of like, and maybe this wouldn't work for every starting pitcher, but should starting pitchers have like, like the Wainos and um, other, other big name guys, should they have these kind of dramatic, like they're they're running out from the bullpen to go get warmed up on the mound. Do we should should this be just a thing now? All right, I have a hard time arguing against that. You yeah, know, I think I guess maybe you could diminish it with the amount of pitching changes that can happen later in the game. I know that's been reduced, but like if every if <laughs> the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning of every game was just like a full on show for every reliever, <laughs> and the starter had like a little thing like it might start to lose some of its luster, you know? Yeah. And, well, and so, I, I feel like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I, it works really well for the closer that it's such a, you know, the game is going to be done at the end of this frame, ideally. And it, yeah, right. You know, it's usually your best reliever. So it's like, everything is lined up to be like, this is a little show that we're about to put on. You never know with, uh, with any other reliever and, you know, with your starter, it's like, I don't know. I could see it working better with the starter than than other relievers. Well, yeah, I think like the Wainwright version that I'm picturing in my head is that he's coming out to like Darius Rucker's version of Wagon Wheel. He's on a horse. Like a, there's like a super cut <laughs> of Wayno fishing and like cracking open a Budweiser and like sitting on a dock with his son. You know, it could Playing tailor acoustic it could, guitar. Yeah. yeah, it could be tailored to the player a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Like you said, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm here for all pomp and circumstance, you know, right. why not make it more fun? I, I feel uh, like you other... hate it. No, I'm trying to think of like, you've got miles Michaelis. He could come out with like in the video, he's wearing like 18 different chains and he's like in a <laughs> saloon getting in a gunfight, you know? Yeah. His, his thing is big cowboy energy this year. So yeah. Leaning into yeah. whatever the hell that means. But he's also like wearing a tie dye shirt for no reason. Yeah. Cardinals, hey, Cardinals have been really good since the sage burning. <laughs> That's a good point. I forgot about the sage burning. Yes. Damn, it works. That's, I'm I'm fully on board now. I I'm sage. I'm burning sage right now. I could, I was wondering what that small billow of sm- <laughs> smoke that's been going behind you. 
that's why this podcast is so good already is because of the sage. <laughs> I just figured, you know, you're in Denver, you know, I know what that smoke is. <laughs> 420. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yikes. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more about the pitching. Um, you know, I think the the Cardinals have obviously been on a roll for a little while. Arenado, Goldie, O'Neill get a lot of the credit. But, um, you know, as it turns out, the missing piece for this team was actually having a starting rotation. And <laughs> now that they have one, uh, we, it's been maybe the best run of Cardinal baseball that we've seen. Uh, I guess not counting the 17 game win streak, which was its own like set of flukes and insanity. Like this is the best Cardinal team. I think we've seen in quite a while now, even I would say a, a more well-rounded team than the 2019 team that went all the way to the NLCS. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of reasons why, but I think it, it starts at the the rotation finally being consistent and at least giving you innings. So your Palantes and your Hicks and whatnot can come in and be that middle reliever rather than the, you know, coming in at like the first or second inning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, a couple of uh, things I have pulled out over the last month, Cardinals pitching staff has given up the least home runs in the national league over that time, over the last month. And bad. they're still not really striking people out. They're one of the lowest strikeout rates in the league, but far and away the best ground ball percentage over that same time period. They've had 52% ground ball uh, percentage from all the entire pitching staff in the team that is below them as, a, as at 48%. Obviously, you know, that's not a huge jump, but when you're looking at entire pitching staffs over the entire league, like that's significant. They're over 50%. No other yeah. team is even close or is over that mark. A 4% gap is pretty big. Yeah. Um, and, and it makes sense. I mean, we know that first of all, from the type of pitchers we have, um, you know, it's all basically pitch to contact guys. So it'd be, uh, you hope that they end up pretty high on that list, if not highest. And then you've got the best defensive infield in baseball. So why not? You know, and and clearly that's what the Cardinals have been targeting for years now. Um, outside of Flaherty, who we'll talk about in a minute, pretty much everybody on the staff that's been brought in has been a ground ball first guy. And yeah. I like it seems obvious and it kind of is. You've got Nolan Arenado, you've got Paul Goldschmidt, and then Tommy Edmond and whoever is gonna play shortstop all gold glove level players. Why not? Yeah. And, and I really like, you know, to, to expand on that point, what I really like, we, we've been seeing it maybe, I don't know, maybe more aggressively in the past two weeks. Uh, but Tommy starting the game at short um, and kind of going up and down the lineup, depending on if it's lefty righty. And then as the game goes on or the lead is feeling more secure, sliding Tommy over to second base, moving Gorman or Donovan or whoever that might be. And having Paul D come out and, uh, we know how good of a glove Pauly D has. So I love making those defensive changes later in the game, especially with the lead, even though we're expecting, you know, almost nothing from Paul at this point, yeah. he still can play a great shortstop and that has value, you know, securing the lead with the profile that our pitchers have that we just discussed. I think it's been right. pretty great. I, I love seeing those kind of late game moves, especially for defensive purposes. If, at this point, if you're going to have Paul DeYoung on the team, like that's the best use case for him. Um, I think we're all kind of done with the uh, 50% strikeout rate in the in the lineup God. every day. So is it that high? Or are you being hyperbolic? It, there was at least a uh, period of almost 50 at bats that it was that high. 
So, oh, yeah. yeah, not great. That's, and oh, yeah, man, that's just yeah. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if you're Ozzy Smith if you're you're still in the bigs with uh, <laughs> <laughs> with that kind of strikeout rate. That's, I mean, that's uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, that's not sucks. great. Uh, but hey, you down. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go right back up. Let's talk yeah. about Jack Flaherty. Uh, you know, this is a, a, a rehab assignment that was dragged out a little bit longer. I think a little bit yeah. more cautious, um, you know, than the one that we saw to much controversy earlier in the summer. And, uh, you know, not that this was a particularly challenging first, uh, opponent, but it is what it is. The Cardinals don't have a lot of challenging opponents right now. Um, so, uh, it's really good to see him back. what do you think of his first start? Well, uh, first, unfortunately, I was a dummy and I went to go see the Rockies game. Uh, so I didn't get to watch this live. Uh, the Rockies game was it was good. Um, got to see Yelich, which is wow. always fun. Um, so I watched this on replay, but I think Jack looked pretty good. I think uh, there was obviously, you know, I, I think we wish he uh, kind of started counts out a little bit better and was getting that first strike. And that's a goal for every pitcher always in perpetuity. Um, so, you know, I think we can kind of give him a little break on that. I'm sure there was some juice and butterflies and, and all that and Mountain Dew or whatever he does pregame to get them all jacked <laughs> up. Not. What, what version of Mountain Dew do you think he drinks if he's, uh, uh I bet he's got, um, like a, I don't know, like a pallet of game fuel from the Halo mm-hmm. release back in 2007. And yeah. he just. He shotguns one of those in between between innings, and that's that's why we get the jack that we see. Yeah, 2007. So he's probably like nine at that time. <laughs> so he's really yeah. collecting the the halo. <laughs> yeah, he was. You know, he was advanced for his age. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll kind of break down the start a little bit or, or, or throw out some stats. Uh, 91 pitches, 59 strikes, six K, six hits, one and run, one earned run. One walk. I, I'd say that's all pretty good for ostensibly your first start in the bigs this season. That's how I'm going to qualify this start, at least based on the performances that we saw earlier. Um, I think what this podcast is probably most excited and maybe most Cardinals fans are most excited about is his fastball uh, velo. It topped out a little over 97, pretty much sitting 95, had good ride. The uh, I was like really diving into all the baseball Savanti numbers here and the spin rate was just where it used to be. The movement was just where it used to be uh, much better than his previous performance this season, which were obviously hampered for obvious reasons. He, he wasn't fully where we, he needed to be. So, you know, I, I think that alone, the fact that he didn't walk six people and the fact that his fastball velo was looking like it was. The slider was really, really good um, when he was on top of it. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 Jack's back. He, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, I agree. You know, I think like there was a little bit of command issues and they mostly resulted in hits rather than walks. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll take that, you know, missing inside the zone. Um, you know, you don't want to do that too much, but uh, really right now what we're looking for from Jack is consistency. And I'd rather see some base hits give up uh, than just continuing to walk guys. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good start. Um, you know, f- five innings. He made it deep enough into the game over a K per nine. Uh, you know, I, like there's not really anything to complain about for your 
first start back. And like you said, I think it's okay to think of it as uh, his first start overall. And those underlying metrics are really, really key because even when he was back earlier in the season, it never, he was in really a lot of last year either. He's not hitting those spin rates and that velocity that he needs in order to be successful. And we saw that. Uh, So I'm excited. I, I was like digging through to try to find something to be pessimistic or disappointed about. And everything was looking great. Everything was, if there was a dip, it was negligible. You know, everything was right where you expect it to be. And I'm not, you know, we talked about this with C70. I don't expect him to be second half 2019 Jack Flaherty, but 97 heat with that slider is going to be really, really big. And especially, you know, I, you look at it like this, or, or I think the way that is helpful to look at it is, um, you know, he is essentially replacing Dakota Hudson in the, in the rotation. Dakota just hasn't been there in the way that he needs to be. This is just a massive upgrade. And if he can be the guy at the front of the rotation going into October, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Not that long ago, we were saying how the Cardinal pitching staff, it's like, how do you, how would you even line it up against uh, in a playoff series right now, a three game series, like they're likely uh, about to face. And on this, in some ways, it feels like they don't really have a pitching staff that competes with any other team. And I think that's fair. But also at the same time, it's kind of hard to choose which guys you throw too, because you also aren't probably going to get a bad start from anyone. Uh, and now, now with Flaherty returning and looking pretty good, it's like, is Michaelis not going to be in the starting rotation for the playoffs? Yeah. Or is it, is it going to be Montgomery? Is it going to be Quintana? Like, all of those guys, I'm feeling pretty good right now about you know any game that they go in, um, and so suddenly we're going to have one of a, probably a pretty effective starting pitcher just not make a start in this playoff series. Yeah. I, I think that's a great question. I, I my guess is if we were somehow able to hold down Ali Marmol, um, you know, against his will, um, and maybe brandish a weapon uh, or threaten him in some way, they got to he... stop you got to stop working out your fanfic on the, on this show. Okay. I've read, I've read your blog and yeah. little stories. Well, I was hoping it would read <laughs> share. That'd be great. Um, I think I, man, it's really hard. I'm, I'm even trying to pin myself down now. I think it would probably be Monty, Wayno, Michaelis. And then depending on what Flaherty does, he can be anywhere from one, to five on that. I, I mean, it's really hard to tell, yeah. but if, I mean, if he's healthy, the, the thing that you really like, and this is like, maybe I'm, I'm overthinking this, but the, Jack is as fresh as he could possibly be since he's essentially hasn't pitched at all this year. Like the idea of having your talent level, best pitcher in the organization as fresh as he is right now going into the playoffs could be a huge, huge, huge boon. But I, I would guess out, outside of the jackets fully back conversation, I would guess that Monty would be the number one. What what do you think? Is that am I off or Wayno? Assuming all these games are at home, which that's the most likely situation at this point, is that the Cardinals are hosting a the the wild card round. Um I don't know. I think you may end up with a Wayno Michaelis Montgomery uh yeah. run. Um and I think it's probably fine no matter how you slice it 
Uh, it, uh, there may be some matchup play here on yeah. if if it's a lefty, if it's a team that doesn't do as well against lefties, maybe Montgomery, you're assuring gets in one of the first two games, um, you know, but but being at home, it has seemed to have been a big differentiator for Michaelis. And then yeah. it always kind of has been for Wayno. I actually haven't looked at the numbers this year for that, but it kind of has been for Wayno for a long time. I mean, it really is for most pitchers. Bush Stadium is a is a pitcher friendly park. So, yeah, um, I, but I think those three. But again, yeah, like you said, if Flaherty gets another three starts under his belt before the uh, postseason and he looks like we just saw, how do you not have him take one of those spots? And yeah. it's probably Michaelis's spot uh you know he yeah. he's been excellent all season but he the worst we've seen him has been over the last month or so and so uh you know playing the hot hand it wouldn't surprise me if Flaherty replaces Michaelis yeah um, could be way wrong but, on that though because obviously yeah. Michaelis has been the workhorse all year that's why we need to hold down Ollie um I, I have a feeling that we'll probably be discussing each Flaherty start until the end of the season uh yeah yeah, but well, he's not the only one who is looking good right now. Um, among all the other people we've already talked about, Jordan Hicks. Uh, Jordan you know, Hicks, previously the most exciting pitcher on the team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's been looking a lot better, and that that's huge. I mean, a, an effective Jordan Hicks just extends that bullpen so significantly. Yeah, I think what we're seeing is super fascinating, and it's it's been kind of morphing over two weeks ish, I would say. And then it's kind of really come in uh, to picture here in the last week or so, but he is throwing his slider close to 50% of the time. He he used to be, you know, pretty much sinker, 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 and mix in a couple of sliders. And he's basically throwing it 50% of the time. And what is happening is that he is actually starting to strike people out at a super high clip, which is what his stuff would lead you to believe that he would do. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think what we're what we're kind of putting together and I was looking, I, man, I spent. OK, I just sat on Baseball Savant for about an hour and a half, two hours last <laughs> night, just boring over this stuff. So I apologize if people find this incredibly boring. But what I was really uh, when I was looking up spin velocity on sinkers, my guess just from watching Jordan Hicks over the past however many years, is like, OK, he's got to be like top 10 easy. Um. Do you do you want to take a guess at where I found Jordan Hicks on that? Uh, this is kind of an impossible question. Yeah. So you're saying you were guessing he'd be top ten on yeah. spin rate of slider. Of of sorry, sinker. Sinker. Um based on the way you're setting this up, which is really where I'm going, I'm yeah. gonna say he was like maybe top twenty five. He was number two hundred and twenty three. Not yeah, okay. So he throws it really hard but it doesn't have a lot of spin on it. And what we know about spin is that leads to K's because it essentially deceives the batter's eye. Right. Um, right. so what that kind of means is, yeah, he throws it like crazy, but people can pick up on it and they can make contact with it. Now they might be driving it into the ground and that's great. Um, even if it's 103 miles an hour driving into the ground, we'll, we'll take that all day. But now that he is using his slider so much, which does have super high spin rate. And if you are watching it with your eyes, the break on it is, cartoonish um <laughs> the fact that he is using it essentially 50 50 it's it's i think it was last night he threw it was 11 sinkers and, and nine sliders um that is turning into k's because people 
you can't gear up for 103 and get that. It's it's barely even a slider. It's like a crazy hard slurve or something. I don't know how to describe yeah. it, but uh, anyways, all that blabbering to say, I think Hicks has really made an adjustment in the way that he is kind of his pitch profile and just the way he's going about it. And I don't know. I have a lot of confidence that this is going to work, especially, you know, going into where we're going into this part of the season. Yeah. Well, we've seen him be successful before without those changes, too. So if he's making another adjustment and giving a new look with the the extreme heat that he's able to throw, it, it's definitely exciting. Yeah. Um. Well, there's a uh, there's another pitcher that I think we have to talk about and uh, just truly not what I think either of us were expecting uh, or the Cardinals or anyone were expecting this year. <laughs> but um, Stephen Matz is uh, has made a rehab start. And where does he go? He's not going into the rotation. So I guess he's going into the bullpen as a long relief lefty. I don't know. What do you thought? What are you thinking? The only thing I'm thinking is how the hell is he already pitching? Yeah, he tore yeah. his MCL. It looked nasty. Does this guy? He came back from an injury uh, pretty quick earlier this season already. Does he just have like Wolverine style he must have got healing the super factor? Serum. Yeah, I think he got the super serum. I, I like I I I I think we even said it on this on this podcast. Like I'm, I was just we'll see in 2023, Mister Matts. Like thank you for yeah. your service, your 50 innings or whatever try again next year um so the fact that he is even throwing is uh shocking to me i don't know if i've had like if i have the mental capacity to, like contextualize it outside of that um but i guess to to talk about his uh rehab assignment uh in springfield he threw 30 pitches uh some of it was all over the place he did get three k's uh and he sailed a pickoff throw to first uh basically into the stands so um a little of this little of that i, I don't <laughs> I don't know. What are you thinking? Like, I, yeah, I, I will. Or, or to take a step back, yeah, probably bullpen, I guess. Right. Well, I mean, it, assuming health of everyone else and it's got to be bullpen because there's just no more spots. That said, um, if the Cardinals are not trying to chase down the Mets, but still have a comfortable lead for the division uh, and Matt's is back healthy, we could maybe see him get a start or two at the end of the season just to kind of get back to form. Um, but I, I don't, even if he came back and threw a complete game shutout in one of his starts, he's still probably not breaking the playoff rotation. And so it's gotta be, uh, out of the bullpen. Now, I don't know if he's done that much in his career. Um, some, you know, it's kind of a narrative thing that people can struggle with that, but I think it's fair to say the Cardinals could all could definitely use more effective lefties in the bullpen. And for a ground ball type guy, you'd think he would be able to transition pretty well to the bullpen. And so, you know, maybe he's piggybacking off of Flaherty in the, in his start, just in case things go wrong or, or any of the starters in case things go wrong, he's ready there. But I don't know. Do you pick him over Quintana? If we're looking for someone to do that, you know, it's, I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a big spot for him, but, and maybe they just don't, maybe they just let him rehab, you know, down in the minors and, and as long as he can, and then he's just basically inactive for the rest of the year. I, you know, I could see any of these things play out. Yeah. I wonder, I think the idea of coming out of the bullpen and being a long man is really interesting. I also wonder about the idea of him coming out of the bullpen for one and that being the plan and saying, let it eat. Like we know 
that, you know, almost every time when an effective starter goes to the bullpen in a situation like this, they, uh, their stuff plays up like the temptation of having Matt's throwing a 98 mile, mile an hour sinker coming out of the bullpen is interesting. And as Ollie would say, neat. Um, I don't know that. Oh yeah. yeah. I guess we'll see. I mean, first off, I guess we'll see like how he bounces back that rehab start happened last night. Um, we're recording on Wednesday, so we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I could see a world of, you know, uh, Hicks, Gallegos, Matt's all being sort of your bridge to Helsley and that feels pretty good. Yeah. Right. So, uh, the Cardinals have too many pitchers all of a sudden. How the hell did this happen? Well, it's actually kind of nice because I thought there was a world where the Cardinals were going to use the impending return of Jack Flaherty and or Matt's and or Dakota, Dakota Hudson as an excuse not to go and get a guy like Quintana, you know, getting Flaherty back is just like making a trade. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and instead they went and made a trade and, and got rotation pieces knowing that there's a possibility that it result in a log jam for this part of the year. But I think that's an okay problem to have. I think we yeah. absolutely take it over the previous and uh, you know, if Matt's looks good and is healthy, maybe they don't give a uh, Quintana the two years, $22 million deal that you've been <laughs> predicting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it is funny. Uh, what a, what a, what a change this feels now from just a month and a half ago or so. Yeah, it's wild. And, and I will say I'm still predicting that Quintana deal. Um, but I am also banging the extend Montgomery drum. Um, yeah, just do yeah. it five years. I don't know. Something like get, get like a Michaelis type deal going or, or something like that. Would love to see more of him. Yeah, I think we're all in support of that. Um, and hey, how about this? Dakota Hudson, eight and two thirds, eight hits, two walks, eight strikeouts. Eights are wild. Uh, 109 pitches. Of course, it's a rehab start or not. It's a, you know, it's a minor league start. So, you know, he's not. Yeah. Who's this still, guy, though? Yeah. Almost a full game and eight strikeouts. What? Throwing strikes, too. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just making this whole conversation even more complicated, right? Like, is this an adjustment? Is this he just had a lucky start? You know, is is there anything that's really changed? I don't know. We're going to, I guess, find that out here pretty quickly and talk about Matt's getting a start down the down the run. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dakota Hudson come up and get another start, especially, you know, once the division is feeling good and locked up, if if that does come to a point and the Brewers keep Brewersing. Um yeah, I don't really have much else to add other than what the hell. Um, we'll take it. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I guess all it does really is give you comfort that if something does happen to one of the starters in the next month, you know, knock on wood again, that there are some guys to fall back on that we're not immediately going to go back to the like, Palante is now your fifth starter. Hicks is now your fifth starter. We don't have to fall back to that immediately, right. which could really throw off your usage and the, and sort of momentum's not the right word for it, but like the, cause I, you know, we know that momentum into postseason doesn't actually have any bearing, but the, the like usage pattern of your team, of your, of your pitchers, I think could matter. Um, someone going back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen right before the playoffs. Yeah. seems like it, you know, that to me would make some sense that it could have an impact on a guy's like effectiveness. So um, we know that if someone goes down or needs a break, 
there's someone who can come in and at least be a starter and we don't right. have to go back to this weird bullpen usage which i think is nice yeah <laughs> yeah neat. i think yeah i i i think my preference would be rather than maybe toying with that as much as trying to get your horses an extra day or two of rest going yeah. into september going into october um because we we you know there are numbers upon numbers about how much that helps your starters or 99 percent of starters uh so yeah i don't know i will we'll yeah a six-man rotation right yeah a six-man rotation to sort of ease into october and give everyone an extra day um sounds uh as adam wainwright would say that sounds pretty good to me (laughs) wasn't that the name of the song (laughs) it was was. (laughs) wow (laughs) All right. Um, lastly, a couple other transactions were made. Um, we had uh, James Nail return from AAA. You know, he's been fine. Seems good. Um, you know, real buried deep in the bullpen at this point. But, um, yeah. you know, and then um, Ben Deluzio uh, was called up, made his major league debut, got a big old standing ovation. Uh, one of those guys who spent a long time in the minors and, uh, you know, it's always fun. I love it when this happens. Yeah, what do you think? Ali gave him one at bat and then pulled him for Newt, um, which I thought was uh, kind of funny um, eh, just because. It's yeah, it, it's fine. It's 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 why we like Ali, though, right? Is he's, he's, yeah. he's pulling guys, he's playing the matchups and hey, there's a big opportunity and uh, against the right hander and Alusia is a right hander. Uh, so you pull in Newt and try to, you know, add on some runs. Um, and it didn't work out, but I did think that that was funny. I felt like, you know, Twitter was talking about it. He's the St. Louis and all this. He gets one AB. I think he plays two innings in the outfield and then he gets yanked early, but, um, Hey, he got his moment. So, yeah, you know, uh, it really stood out to me, like, because they mentioned this on the broadcast. So I wanted to dig in a little bit and, and look it up and talk about it today. Is that like, you know, this guy is 28. He's kind of a journeyman. He spent forever getting up to the majors. When he gets called up, a bunch of annoying people are like, why this guy? You know, and it's uh that's a frustrating take. Let's just celebrate someone's success, you know. And 100%. and on the broadcast, they mentioned that uh he actually held a holds a pretty interesting record, you know, and it really highlights to me that even these guys that are seen by the general fan base as like, why is he up in the majors? Why, why him over like an Alec Burleson or whatever? Uh, even that type of guy is maybe the best athlete that's like ever come from their part of the world. Right. Right. And so uh, he went to Florida state university and he broke a record for speed that Deion Sanders set. <laughs> so it's an, it was an huh. interesting, uh, um, that's pretty like, impressive. Yeah. So what they did is I guess the coach holds a, a, a type of, um, I'm trying to think like practice or type of exercise where, drill. yeah, drill where you basically jog to first base and then you sprint from first to third and they time it. Yeah. And, uh, he did it in 9.84 seconds and the previous record held by Dion Sanders was <laughs> 9.9. So he barely beat him out, but still wow. this guy, and that's, that's a college age Dion Sanders, college probably age one of the Dion fastest Sanders. people yeah. ever. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. 
so I say all that to say, like, you know, anytime you're like, oh, who's this guy? Why is he here? You know, it's like uh, he probably is one of the best athletes in the world. And he might not be as good as, you know, most of the other yeah. major league players, but that doesn't make them any less worthy or any less like incredible of an athlete. And you know what I, I want to point out is that Terrence Gore has three rings, baby. That's, yeah, you know, he's still on a team. He just he, wh- where's he right he's now? I just saw. Yeah, yeah. So he's heading to the postseason again. Speed plays. Yeah. I think you could do a lot worse than calling up a, a Ben Deluzio. And I uh, think so. Yeah. Um, horrible first name, but everything else about him is <laughs> is good. Yeah. Thanks, pal. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, well, we've got more to talk about, but before we do do that, um, you know, we always want to remind everyone that this show is supported on Patreon. If you enjoy the show, want to support us, want to see its growth, support its growth, consider subscribing at patreon.com slash talking about birds. All subscribers at any level get access to our private discord. We call it the bird scored uh, where we are talking about Cardinals. We're talking about whatever, um, you know, people are posting pictures from the game. Had a great post of the of Helsley's uh, intro yeah. in the in the chat last night. We have just really fun conversation. It's still growing. We'd love to have you in there. And also, um, I have been releasing episodes early for our Patreon subscribers. Now, early may only mean a couple hours earlier than the uh, than the, the the public public feed, but sometimes we get them done even earlier, and I, I get them out as soon as I can. So, if you're interested in um, you know getting getting our bad takes, uh, you know, um, hot off quickly, the presses, yeah, hot off the press, and just see how much we are out of date immediately with every episode. <laughs> um, yeah, check it out. Patreon.com slash talking about birds. We we appreciate everyone who's even thinking about it. Um, also, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps. We love it. Ben, where can people find us online? Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. Uh, we're always tweeting our twats, thoughts, and all, all that good stuff. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. That's again, talk about birds on Twitter and talking about birds on Instagram. Uh, and as usual, you can email us any thoughts, questions, musings, or personal attacks, or, um, I don't know. How, how do I say like fluff ups? No, that's a weird way to say <laughs> fluff <it>. ups. <laughs> you're right. That is a weird way to say it. I don't even know what you're trying to say. <laughs> nice things to say to Nate. Um, okay. as we've talked about, he's struggling. Um, and yeah, I don't really need to get into it. You could just look at him and you, you can tell what's happening on happening over there. So anyways, talk about birds at gmail.com. Email us. Hey, get this while you were talking. Naturally, I wasn't listening because a, Thanks, um, a notification came up on my phone, which I prioritize over this. And it was from the bird scored. Breaking the news oh, to yeah? me, Alec Burleson has been called up. Let's go. Yeah. Who, who, who called that out? We give them credit. Uh, Akira. Yeah. So All thanks, right. Akira. Yes. And uh, uh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, Ben Deluzio sucks. He should never <laughs> play baseball again. Here. Get him out of here. <laughs> oh, wow. That's good. Real time, yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. I just got excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, so shout out to the birds court for keeping us fresh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we definitely would have missed that 
we would have got done, both looked down and be like, ah, damn it. So, <laughs> um, so that's exciting. I wonder what his playtime will look like. It's also yeah. interesting because it's above uh, Yepes. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. That's huh. exciting. Yeah. That's very. I I wonder if he's going to start tonight. That's yeah. I, I'm all jack. So. Yeah, yay! That's that's very <laughs> yeah. Also, that means uh, that he should be. I can't remember when the cutoff is. We should look this up, but he should be able to make the postseason roster as well. No, no, I don't. He's believe already so. missed that it. Was, it was September first. Damn it! Yeah. Okay. That's well, why a bunch of guys got called up. Like, um, I think that's why like the Orioles called up Gunnar Henderson on yeah, so, like the morning of September first. It was. There was a bunch of guys that got called up to uh, playoff con- uh, competing teams that felt like they were the first to be up so they could m- meet that deadline. Um, I could be wrong on that. We can look it up, but uh, I'm pretty sure that Burleson will not be eligible. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to look that up while you uh, pretend to keep podcasting or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's exciting. Um, cool. Well, you know, I think we can move on. Uh, the, one of the other exciting things that we wanted to talk about is that uh, Wayno and Yachty, despite the turbulent Yachty season, uh, they are one start away from tying the all-time battery record uh, and two starts away from uh, breaking the record. So all things remain the same. That record will be broken in the next two weeks or so, which is a a truly incredible feat. And I definitely think most people consider that record to be one of those untouchable old timey baseball records that will never be broken. And uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, I know a lot has been said about this record for quite a while now as they've slowly been marching towards it. Uh, but the fact that we're around the corner and next time we record, they should be tied for that record is is truly incredible and just something I think worth really, really recognizing what sort of history we're seeing right now. And um, the fact that I think now for sure it's this will be an unbreakable record. It's only this one unique setting of these two guys on this team that have been able to do it. It's it's crazy because not only is it unbreakable, um, but I I think and and I think this this is obvious, but to say it out loud I, I think is important that like you can't this has to be fifteen years in the making or or, or sixteen or seventeen however many years that they played together like this isn't something like you can't plan for this it can't be yeah. something that you're aiming for like it is miraculous that it happened. Um, it is crazy to me that play like, you know, Ivan Rodriguez, who is, I think has the most games caught ever. It wasn't close to this. Uh, Mike Piazza, yeah. other like Johnny bench hall of fame catchers. And I think it's really the hardest part on the catcher. Cause we've seen obviously uh, pitchers break all the time. Um, but pitch, there's been some long tenured pitchers, pitchers that have pitched into their forties. Um, that doesn't happen for catchers. You know, yeah. even those two guys, well, Ivan Herrera and, and Johnny bench that made the two of, or sorry, I'm in my opinion, the best two of all time, you know, they, they were able to extend it. And that's, that's about it. Well, it's, I mean, yeah. Buster Posey, who is also very likely a first ballot hall of fame catcher had his entire career in between the start and stop of Yanni's right. career, you know? And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean the cat, the longevity of a catcher is, is one of the critical parts. That's so challenging. Um, and, and then getting over that, 
having the equal longevity for another pitcher and both staying with the same organization. Uh, any one of those three are all unlikely, you know, especially in today's game. Um, <laughs> you know, you just don't see it anymore. And so yeah. uh, that's why people consider this to be an unbreakable record. And it's only a Hall of Fame catcher in Yadier Molina and maybe a backdoor Hall of Famer in, in Wayno if he keeps going like this for a few more years, you know, being on the same team willing to accept contracts with the same team. We know Wayno accepted a, a lower offer to stay with the Cardinals over the last couple of years than he could have yeah. gotten with other teams. So it requires that sort of loyalty, which is uncommon. And I think that's totally fine. Like you should pursue getting paid, you know? So like it's loyalty is not even the right word for it because that makes it like, I would not have been, I would not held it against Wayno if he had taken that more money to go for like the no, Padres or something like yeah. that. You know, we all get it. So, um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's truly incredible. So it should happen yeah. uh, against the Brewers uh, at to, home, at home to tie it, and then um, yeah, so uh, it's great. Oh, or wait, no, that's that's mixed up. The it's happening. The tie the record is Thursday, the day this oh, episode shoot. comes out, and they break it next week against the Brewers on next Wednesday, I believe. And yes. that will be okay. at home. So if you can go to that game, you should go to that game. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder what ticket prices are like right now. Yeah. <laughs> they can only be going up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we just, like I said at the start of this, a, a lot has been said about this, but like, I, we can't not talk about it, but don't really have much more to add into it. Anything no, I, I just think it's yeah. super special and recognize it and watch that game. And if you can go to that game, go to that game. And I, I think we're going to see some emotional baseball players and, you know, Albert's going to be there and that's going to be great. And, you know, maybe we'll see people like Chris Carpenter and Ozzie Smith and other, I wouldn't be surprised if other people show up for those two and, um, it's special. I think it's super duper special and we are super spoiled. Um, I yeah. will say if you don't mind me transitioning back to, uh, uh, Burleson, I did look up the rule, um, okay. so that we can at least close that, uh, conversation on this episode. All right. This is from, uh, MLB.com's glossary, um, around postseason roster rules and eligibility. So I think this is accurate because it's from the MLB. Um, but it says in a typical season, any player who is on the 40 man roster or 60 day IL as of 1159 PM Eastern on August 31 is eligible for the postseason. Okay. So he was not on the 40 man until now. I assume that there was some, we'll have to look into it. I'm not going to totally dig into this transaction on the episode, but I'm assuming he was added to the 40 man and somebody was dropped, which means that Burleson will not be eligible. Yeah. Okay. Well, still great to see that cup of coffee and maybe he, uh, you know, starts his competition for that right field job right now. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, I watched the uh, the Matt Holiday induction into the Cardinal Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were uh, I was down at our, uh, at the lake and we were watching the game and we lost the remote and couldn't couldn't <laughs> change the channel and ended up didn't know wasn't planning on this, but they re aired the entire thing right after the game. And so sat and watched that. And uh, it was great. It was, uh, you know, he was like my favorite Cardinal player. And yeah, so to yeah. sort of have that um, close the book. And he he told all these different stories about his 
you know, joining the team. And, and did you watch it? Have you seen it? I watched some of it. I watched uh, yeah. specifically. I watched the part where he was kind of relaying the story of his final home run as yeah. a Cardinal. And um, if you remember, he well, th- he added some color to it that I had not heard. The idea of he didn't think that he was going to be playing at all. And Matheny yeah. basically was like, r- they're like, hey, guess what? You're activated for tonight. Um, and Holiday kind of relaying is like, okay, I'm activated, but you know. Maybe I'll get to wave to the crowd or something like that. And Matheny didn't even tell him. Matheny had one of his coaches go up and say, hey, Matt, get ready. So I like the idea that Matheny, you know, he didn't really give him too much time to think about it. You know, it's kind of just like, oh, yeah. you're activated. Oh, wait, you're in the game, actually. Came yeah. out for that pinch hit. Um, and of course, it's a screaming opposite field home run into yeah. the bullpen. Uh, classic Matt Holiday style. And like, I... I I will always remember that as one of my favorite, especially baseball moments, you know, like not something that a player did on or or, sorry, off the field or anything like that. But when everything just kind of syncs up perfectly and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, not only do I think Matt holiday is is probably underrated in Cardinals canon. I think he was fantastic, but there's just endless stories about how good of a dude he was and, and all the share. I I just love the guy. I I can't not be a huge Matt holiday fan. Yeah, huge fan. And his son, you know, first overall pick. Uh, he might yeah. be better. He might be. Did you so. see uh, he's, he's got another kid that's just a little bit younger. He said the family's going for a thousand home runs. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he has more muscle mass in one forearm than the two of us combined in oh. our entire bodies. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that at all. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's move on. Um, We thought it'd be fun to touch on some of the more, um, some of the bigger stories around the league as far as like the competition of the league goes as we round out the 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 season we we normally stick with the absurd and and you know uh hot topic stories around like what's happening on the field or off the field but we thought we'd check in on some of the races that are happening around the league and see if we can make a few predictions so uh speaking of that nate before we get into what you just set us up for did you see that the epic uh fantasy base or fantasy football league just had their uh their draft and no, the Tommy Fam got replaced by the Bartool, Barstool Sports guy. <laughs> oh, uh, like like is that an is that an upgrade? I feel like that's a downgrade. <laughs> I honestly think it's same energy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I like to- Tommy Fam. I don't like Portnoy. So uh, yeah, but I just thought that was what a weird development. Who saw that coming? Um, I mean, it makes sense. He he slapped a guy for like an an IR discussion. So, you know, it makes sense to kick him out of the league, but I feel like going to Portnoy, is like, Oh, it's just gonna. Yeah. Yeah. He sucks. Okay. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. I guess good for them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So how do you want to start this? I know you you put together a little list. uh, Well, the first thing I want to talk about, because I think this is like, it's it's interesting and it's lack of interestingness almost or like the the uh, I've heard this division called the goat rodeo uh, AL Central, <laughs> a.k.a. the goat rodeo. We have Guardians, Twins, White Sox. They're all after last night. They're all within three games of each other. 
Um, they almost all have exactly even run differentials. Uh, the White Sox a little below uh, even, um, but they are the Cleveland. Cleveland is seventy and sixty four. Minnesota is sixty eight sixty five, and Chicago White Sox are sixty eight and sixty eight. So there's three games uh, in between those three teams. Who's going to win the AL Central? We got a month left. Who are you betting on in the most average group of potential <laughs> champions possible? Well, you know, considering um, our favorite and, team and is from I, the I'd a- also, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Wow. I think that we should put a little stakes on 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 who you choose and on who I choose, and we should maybe follow this as the season winds down. Should our stakes be stakes? Ooh, ooh yes. Okay, <laughs> boom. All right, ribeye. All right. Um, well, what I was going to say is that, you know, having because our favorite team is the Cardinals. So we know a thing or two about coming from mediocre divisions. I feel, um, you know, particularly adept at making this this decision. And right. so and as a mediocre man, mm-hmm, sure you're sliding I, right into this. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can I can see I can pinpoint me- mediocrity, uh, you know, from across the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wow. So it's I like think the scene from uh, uh, what is it? A, a beautiful mind with Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. The numbers yeah, whipping just, past you. Yeah. But I just immediately aligned to like, oh, that guy looks like he's only got a little bit going on. <laughs> it's your nose that's, starts that's bleeding. My, yeah, that's my kind of guy. Um, <laughs> not nothing going on, just but yeah. you know, not not much. So yeah. What a segue! I think the Cleveland Guardians are going to win the division. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think that they've got a they've got Jose Ramirez, which I think, you know, sets them up. I don't think any the twins don't have that. Um, The the White Sox obviously have a talented lineup, but I think Robert just got hurt again. So um, I just don't see anyone else's lineup being as consistent. Also, Andres Jimenez is having a breakout year for the, for the uh, Indians. There's just, I think there's some talent there and they've got Bieber at the top of their rotation. He's having a great year um, and they just consistently are able to put together uh, a good rotation in, and the back half of their bullpen, class a Karen check, those guys. I just don't think that, anyone else has that top in talent. And I think that's ultimately what will set them apart in the next 30 days. So sure. That's my pick. All right. I, I think that's a fair pick. I think, uh, if you're going to like the guardians is going to have to be, it's that pitching staff. Obviously Jose Ramirez is the man, but yeah. that pitching staff, uh, you, you mentioned those names, Bieber McKenzie and so on and so forth. I think that's a fine pick from a, a fine man. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm going with White Sox. I think the White Sox are going to rally around. I think they are getting healthy. Tim Anderson is going to be back soon. But I think really what it boils down to is Dylan Cease is disgusting. And he is having a ridiculous year. And I think he is having one of those performances that is going to drive them through this next month. Don't sleep on Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto is also having a secretly really, really nice year for the White Sox and has basically been uh, their number two. Giolito, uh, the results haven't been as good as what the peripherals are saying. Still think he's very solid, but really Lance Lynn has come on in the past five starts yeah. or so. He is, he's be, being Lance Lynn again. 
Um, and we know what he can do and he can just take over a game and he can go eight or nine easy. Um, so I like all those guys I just said. And then I also think you're talking about how good the Guardians bullpen is. Liam Hendricks, Kendall Graveman, Reynaldo Lopez might be one of the best three headed monsters in the bullpen that is in baseball. And I think in a month, you know, when it's relatively short, I think that that pitching staff can kind of take over, especially, you know, if we get T.A. back, uh, you know, um, Andrew Vaughn is playing fine. Gavin Sheets is coming on a little bit. Eloy Jimenez is back. Um, Jose Abreu is like so underrated. It baffles me. Um, and they have maybe the second or third best catcher in the game. Yasmani Grandal, who I really, really like. Um, although not having the best season right now. Uh, but all that to be said, I think they're going to rally around TLR's health issue. I think they're going to drive into the postseason and they're going to turn their season around and they're going to win the division. Compelling argument. I think that uh, they're going, it's more like they're going to have to be dealing with the the ghost of TLR past. You know, he's, he's just going to be, dead? he's going to be dragging huge chains and like haunting everyone in that dugout. And, uh, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't see it. You know, he's still alive, right? Don't yes. put this on him. I'm not saying he's dying. I'm saying okay. that his, his, uh, his ghostly visage will still, um, you know, remain, um, in the, in the dugout. And right. yeah. So, uh, well, we'll see. Neither right, of us pick the twins, so it's probably going to be the twins. Um, yeah, I, you know, I would like to pick the twins. They just don't have a starting pitcher I could care about. So it's it's yeah. really that really hampers them for me. It's tough. It's tough. So yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, stakes are our stakes. Hmm. Mm. All right. I got another one that I want to fire at you. We're sticking in the AL. And I think the only way to fairly have this conversation is by saying, let's just choose now as our, our voting date for the, the discussion we're about to have. Who is your AL MVP? I personally believe that this is an easy choice and it's not even close in my mind. All right. That is Shohei Otani. Wow. I Don't get me wrong. I get it. And hey, more breaking news. Judge hit his 55th home run uh, while we were talking. And I get it. Trust me. And if he if he breaks 61, which it certainly feels like he's going to, I won't be upset if he wins the MVP. I think it's fine. It'd be like Miguel Cabrera winning it when he won the triple crown, even though probably Trout had a better season. Like I get these hallmark moments, um, you know, sort of driving the narrative and that's fine it'd be truly incredible if he if he breaks maris's record and i think he'd it'd be a fine pick but what otani is doing and continues to do is unbelievable and i don't think that our our metrics are up to speed to account for what he's doing um it you know he he's basically uh on a he, he's a cy young pitcher and an MVP caliber hitter at the same time. He's doing both I, of those this year. I, I saw I, a tweet. I saw a tweet yesterday comparing his pitching stat line to Shane McClanahan and his hitting stat line to Mookie Betts. Like, yeah. Yeah. How is that not the most valuable person in the league by a mile? I, I, I yeah. get it. Home runs are cool, but like 
The only other person who's ever done anything like what Otani's doing this year was Otani last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll say I really want to disagree with you here because uh, to have a spirited right. conversation about how you're wrong. Um, but I think I, and I, I, I'm going to try to put my finger on it the best as I can. I think what the war and, and what the numbers and all the things that you can use to quantify a baseball player don't quantify appropriately for Otani is the roster spot efficiency that he provides. Yeah. The fact that he can play on both sides of the ball, the fact that he is your ace pitcher and your, you know, your two hitter, which is generally your, your best hitter. Um, although I, I guess he's, he's, I don't know if he's eclipsed Mr. Trout yet and on the hitting alone. Um, but that's like, it's a reasonable conversation to have right now. Yeah. Who's a better hitter, Mike Trout or Shohei Otani? Um, yeah. I think I would still probably take Trout, but you can, you can discuss that. Well, Otani still sound crazy. speed, which, uh, yeah. you know, it's more like, a com- if you're thinking more complete offensive player, you might pick Otani over Trout right now. If you're saying yeah. best hitter, I think you could still argue that it's Trout, like best hitting approach. But yeah. either way, the fact that that's even a conversation is incredible. And if you go, to the, if like, you go to the Angels, uh, like le- team lead page of like he's leading every stat yeah. on offense and pitching for their entire. How is that not the most valuable person? And I know it's partly because yeah. the Angels suck, but like still it's it's wild. I mean, he would be he would be the best pitcher and hitter on a lot of teams. Um, Almost every team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And like I said, the, the efficiency aspect that is unquantifiable because we just don't know exactly how to do that. Like, but you're basically getting an extra roster spot times two or like times it's, I don't even really know how to say out loud what I'm trying to say, but well, in, in war, uh, this is where I get still like, I, I don't have all the math on this either, but from what I understand, like he's still taking a penalty, uh, in war because he is for DHing. Yeah. Uh, but he only DHs, you know, one game out of the week. And so he, it's like the, our, our advanced metrics are not able to calculate what he's doing because they weren't ever built to consider that option. So, uh, and even with that, he's like right at judges level. So if you assume that they're wrong and most likely wrong, uh, against him, like, you know, I, I think almost yeah. no matter how you slice it, he should be if you if you're just looking at statistics, he should be the winner hands down. If you want to go into more of a ceremonial voting, I like again, I get it. If if Judge hit 63 or something, like that's also incredible. Um, but it's happened before. It's happened multiple times. Uh what yeah, O'Donnell's done, no one has done. And I know like some people will say that it's boring. Oh, if, if Otani just, just does what Otani does every year, does he win the MVP every year? Yes, yeah. he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, he might be the best baseball player of all time. I like <laughs> over the time period that he's played in. You know, if you if you shorten the window, I think it's hard to disagree with that. And I just hope that he can continue to stay healthy and and to be him. And I, I uh, we we can move on from this topic, but I also want to say like he has gotten better as a pitcher this year, he has taken a marked step forward on pitching this year, which I thought like, if we were talking about this last year, the year prior, uh, he's probably a better hitter than he is a pitcher. Can't say that this year. He is an ace this year. Um, also he is, he is just pulled out of his butt two new pitches 
Um, <laughs> and he's got a sinker that's got more run than anybody in the game. Like it, he's just better than you. Um, and he's better than everybody. And, uh, yeah, I fully agree that if he, uh, as long as he stays healthy, uh, he should win the MVP. And I think, and he, uh, this, this last month is probably what's really going to decide it in the eyes right. of the other voters that aren't us. Although obviously we're not, we're not voting. We're not BWAA people. He just turned 28. Yeah. It's incredible. He's just now hitting standard, like prime years for yeah. baseball. Yeah. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so right. I guess, yeah. Did we have anything Ooh. else? No, I mean, I think I, the way that we were speaking there, I think we could probably fill up another hour, but we'll stop talking about Shohei for a second. Go watch an Angels game if just for Shohei. Uh, the only other thing I want to, or the other thing I want to drop off, uh, talk about in this arena is that Atlanta is now tied with the Mets after last night's game. And I bring that up because, oh my God, is Atlanta good? Um, and we were talking about yeah. this a little bit before, you know, the we started recording. It's not like the Mets haven't been playing well. No, the the uh, that's one of the wilder things about this. You know, we we can talk all about how good the Cardinals have been, but they've also been really helped by how bad the Brewers have been. Um, the Braves are taking the division lead, despite the fact that the Mets are still basically as good as they've been all year. Uh, the Braves have really been clicking. Um, I mean, I think they're a better team than they were last year, uh, and you know they won the World Series, so it's not surprising to me that they're going on this run. They're generally healthy. They've got an MVP candidate. Their bullpen looks fantastic. Um, the Mets are the Mets. They somehow yeah. screw it up even when they're not screwing it up. So uh, I don't know. I think I if I were if I were a betting man, uh, I would say that the Braves will win the uh, the AL East. Well, and I think I, so. I agree. And I think, uh, you know, right before we started recording uh, this morning, it was uh, uh, we were alerted that Max Scherzer is going on the IL. Um, That's huge. Um, The Mets don't really hit home runs and the Braves do. The Braves hit a lot of home runs. They have a lot of pitching. Everything you just said, Ozzy Albies is probably coming back soon. Um, If I was the Mets, I'd I'd start to be (laughs) I'd be afraid at this point. but yeah, I just I just find that incredible. They have been so hot, and I think you you said this. They're better than they were last year. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they, now they incredible. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Wright looking fantastic. Rotation bullpen. Every I mean, everything's working for them right now. Obviously, they have like a seven fifteen yeah. winning percentage or whatever over the last month. But uh, I mean, they're doing what the Cardinals are doing, but. They're not being aided by the team they're playing against collapsing, which, by the way, uh, and we're all about real time news right now. The the Brewers are losing seven to nothing right now against hey. the Rockies. So, uh, yeah, that's go October. I think that ship has sailed. Um, yeah, um, and I know I'm just we can move on here, but I just looking at the Mets roster. It's like Francisco Lindor is having a good season. Jeff McNeil's having a very good yeah. season. Starling Marte, Brandon Nimmo, Pete Alonso. Chris Bassett, like we, how many times have we talked about Edwin Diaz this season? Mark Hanna's yeah. having a great year. Um, Alonzo has like been really rough well. for the last month or so, but yeah, overall he's, uh, you know, he's got yeah, that. You know, um, he's, he's got his 30 home runs, a hundred RBIs. I think that's about all I really sign up Pete Alonzo for. I don't think he's some like top tier first baseman. I think he hit ball hard though. I think he's a big tough guy. We all know he's a big <laughs> tough guy, yeah. a big strong guy or whatever. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. All right. It's fun though. Good. It is. It's pretty amazing. Um, I guess let's go Braves. I don't know. They seem scary. Yeah. You're going to have to either go through the Braves or the Dodgers to get to the uh, World Series anyways. So I I guess I don't know which one I'd rather face right now. All right. uh, Moving on. Uh, Major League Baseball Players Association announced Tuesday morning that a significant majority of minor leaguers have signed authorization cards in favor of the MLB PA creating a minor league bargaining unit. Um, so essentially what is happening is the minor leagues are creating a union and they are asking for the major league baseball players association to assist with them and basically, uh, pair up so that they can use their leverage together. Um, my, I'll kind of give my full thought on this really quick and then pass it to you, Nate. I think this is good. Um, we are, uh, I think everyone's fairly aware of how minor league players are treated and, um, the fact that they have ways to go around like minimum wage and, and just really treating people decently yeah. um, is, is frustrating. And then I would also like to add, I think from a baseball standpoint, I don't understand how um, forcing your young, talented future players to live six stacked in a one bedroom apartment and eat McDonald's is a good way to make them play or to, to help see them uh, succeed in the big leagues. Uh, you would think that it's a fairly minute investment for a baseball team to take care of those people so that they can then take care of their mental health and, and eat well and, you know, play well. Um, I will say I, uh, a part of me does worry the, uh, ML, you know, major league baseball is a bit craven. Sometimes they just cut a bunch of minor league teams, um, I do wonder what the ramifications would be. Uh, that being said, I am altogether pro this movement. I think it's a good thing, but I, um, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if MLB responds in a, uh, you know, a shrewd or craven or unsightly manner, but I guess we'll all find out together. What those guys? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a lot to add to it other than that. I agree entirely. I think, you know, Ultimately, this is the right thing to do, and and I think this will go a, a large step in the direction of making sure that these humans are treated like humans. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm supportive of it, even if I agree with you that it might have it might be a rocky road to get over the hump into the unionization. That's pretty standard yeah. um, just across the board and, uh, you know, pretty pro union over here. And I think the MLPA generally does good for the for the players and i'm glad that the minor league um you know will will be represented yeah absolutely um last bit of news i have a little less serious um craig kimbrell kimbrell has had a very up and down season for the dodgers this year um and uh (laughs) since he uh it it was about uh, uh six games ago he changed his entrance song similar to helsley's entrance song uh, to let it go from frozen. And since he has made that change, he has yet to give up a hit. Um, I just find that a little bit fascinating. I also think like, you know, it's a good song. And I think the idea of let it go for a closing pitcher is really good. Like, yeah, don't worry about yesterday. Let it go. Just go out there and throw your heater. Yeah. Um, my, my Disney hot take is that I think frozen is a C level, Disney movie, but let it go is an S tier yeah. level Disney song. Um, and 
lest you be concerned about my uh, my sources here, I've seen Frozen like 800 times because I have children. <laughs> so, uh, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's funny. I, I, li- I like um, anytime a player shows sort of this humility and sort of self-deprecation, ex- yeah. and, you know, especially coming from a guy like Kimbrell who, you know, at least at one point was on, on a Hall of Fame track. I don't know if he if he still is, but he, you know, for a long time, he was the best reliever in baseball. I think Elsa is going to help him get back to that. that level. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I hope that he can say Hakuna Matata and 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 do well for the. For the Dutch. All right. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny that you, I'm just moving on. Um, I like, I knew I wanted to say Hakuna Matata, but I couldn't yeah. figure out why I was going to say it. So I just said it. It ain't no uh, passing phrase. It's not a passing phrase. And I treated it like it was. So, uh, you know, it's funny. So uh, a little peek behind the curtain here. Ben makes the outline. Usually I'll add some notes here and there, but Ben really puts together the, the core outline. And then I put together like the game and and some of the other back end stuff. And I don't often look at the outline until we're getting ready to record. And I did not know that Ben had included so much stuff about walk up songs in this episode. We've Ooh. talked about walk up songs like two or three times now in this episode. And Ben does not know what game we're going to play. So. Uh, just so happens that we're returning to a, a game that we played once before that we call who's walking here, which is <laughs> if you could, if you could see at home, the way that Nate's stance changes when he's getting ready to say that. <laughs> so here's how the game plays. I have samples of songs that uh, Cardinal players are using as walk-up songs. This is coming from the Cardinals own website. I don't know how much they keep it up to date. So, you know, maybe I know guys will change. So this is what the Cardinals are giving us on their website. So I will play a small portion of the song and then to make it at least a little bit more manageable for Ben, I I'm making this one a multiple choice. So I, I, I will give you four options. Okay. Um, and you have to tell me who it is. So, uh, and I'm guessing the player, not the song, right? You're guessing the player. I will tell you what the song is. I also don't know what part of the song that the team, the player is using. So I try to go through it and find like, what seems like you really didn't do your homework on this. Well, it's kind of hard to actually find like, you know, the look up like live at bats and see if I can hear the walk up song. And, and uh, I'm yeah, not minimal effort. That. Yeah, um, <laughs> I edit these. All right. So uh, <laughs> I do a little fade in a little fade out. So okay. um, the first one uh, is going to be a song called Top Floor by Gunna featuring Travis Scott. Oh, OK. I think I already know this one. Jumped out of a way right into a daze. Ooh. It can break your life. You got I like Gunna. Put it together the color I like. Know it look better whenever it tights. Part of blue leather, whatever vice. Alright. Uh, I, I don't like Travis a- Scott though. Travis Scott yeah. sucks. Uh I agree. Um I will give you a bonus point if you can yeah. name it without any uh 
Yeah, I actually, I think I know it. Uh, I'm just going to shoot. Um, I'm going to say that is Nolan Gorman's walk-up song. That is incorrect. Uh, here are your options. Jordan Hicks, Dylan Carlson, Jack Flaherty, Jose Quintana. I'm going to go Jordan Hicks. Uh, it is it's in Dylan fact, Carlson. It's Dylan Carlson. Damn it. Okay. Ugh. Yep. Disappoint. Um, yeah, I realized I didn't prep my normal uh, annoying sounds for when you get things out or get well, things wrong. Luckily, they're so. more annoying coming from your mouth. <laughs> that's, that's my goal on this. All right. Uh, the next song. Man, is... I feel like I, I should have had that one. Also, I'd like to point out that the sample you played was only Travis Scott, not Gunna. So that threw me off. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. All right. Uh, the next song. <laughs> Is called uh, "Coming in Hot" by Lecrae and Andy Mineo. Hmm. Very similar. Is that like Coming a in hot, they, just like the fajita? Yeah, is that a TGI Fridays reference there? Yeah, yeah, That's they're so just gangster. trying to get, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, do you want to take a guess without your multiple choice? Or you just want to no, the only guess that I'll make is that really I hope it is for a pitcher, relief pitcher, because that's. It, it should yeah. be a relief pitcher that comes in and throws the ball fast. It's, that's okay. the only way that song makes sense. Here are your options. Okay. Corey Dickerson, Lars Newtbar, Juan Yepes, Andre Pallante. Oh, well, based on what I just said, I think I'll have to go Pallante. You're out. <sighs> it's uh, Corey Dickerson. Really? I pegged him for a country boy. Okay. Yeah. Corey Dickerson coming in hot. All right. Next song. Uh, this is Remember by Nigo and Pop Smoke. Now, I should say, I tried to go through this whole song and find any like 20 seconds that was not just insanely graphic. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming they have a uh, edited, edited version yeah. that they play live, but I didn't bother with that. Because right. um, we're not trying to censor, you know, but yeah. just so you know. So. I did 15 on my check-ins. Big loop of time when I'm stepping. Big 38 for the weapon. In my pockets will smoke. Yeah, I keep a big Um, So this one makes me mad because I'm a big Pop Smoke fan. Rest in peace. Um, no idea who this is off the top of my head, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, your options. Tyler O'Neill, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks, or Brendan Donovan? I think it's my guy, Jack. I feel like Jack's cool like that. You know, me and Jack are similar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> swing and a miss. Damn this it. one, you are 0 for 3 so far. This game is this, impossible. This was Jordan Hicks. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty cool, yeah. too. All right. Now, this is a little, little known song that, um, you know, it really took a lot of uh, deep dive in order to even get a sample of it. So, oh, wow. Um, this song is called Gonna Make You Sweat. By the CNC Music Factory. 
Das ist... <lacht> <laughs> this song. <laughs> I can't believe an active cardinal has this as their song. All right, here's your options: Miles Michaelis, Tyler O'Neill, Paul DeYoung, Tommy Edmond. Oh, it has to be Miles. He's he's that kind of guy. All right, you got it. I, I was yeah. trying to like, <laughs> I was like, who else would ever use this? I was thinking maybe yeah. I might get you with like Tommy Edmond or something. You know, he's kind of goofy, but. uh yeah. Miles is such a weirdo in, in a way that I love. Yeah. I'm so happy he's having a good year, too. Yeah. Um, all right. This is your last one. All right. We got a salvage. This is called Glitter Ain't Gold by Whiskey Myers. Oh, God. It's like modern country. God, what is that? It's not even modern country. That's I'm gonna now say like that's a... bad. <laughs> wow, 20 seconds of it and you hate it. Uh, I really did not like that. Yeah. Uh your options. Paul Goldschmidt, Paul DeYoung, Nolan Gorman, Jake Woodford. Ooh. I know it's not Goldie. Um I don't think it's Wayno goes more country than that. I would think That's I did a little not say Wayno. Who was who it? So, Paul Goldschmidt, Paul DeYoung, yeah. Nolan Gorman, Jake Woodford. Okay. So I'm thinking it is DeYoung or Woodford. Um, hmm. I think, I think that I'm, I'm get my, my, for some reason I want to say Gorman's more of a hip hop guy. Um, you know, he had the new cut going last night. He's looking fresh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. give that one. Oh, I'm really trying to salvage this this game right now. Uh, let's let's go, Woody. All right, you got it, Jake Woodford. Yes. Yep. All right. Terrible so, taste in music, Jake Woodford. <laughs> Maybe that's well, why really, he is in the doghouse. Yeah, it really. Yeah, Ali Mamal is just like, dude. You gotta have trap music. With something <laughs> wacky like Miles, you can't. Yeah. You know, we we either do trap or down home country. <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm here we'll, for. We'll allow some like Spanish Latin influenced trap music if you'd sure. like that instead. But it's got to be trap. Yeah, yeah. Or it's, it's got to say I God in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you got two out of five, so poor uh, showing. Um, yeah. You're hereby banned from listening to music for one week. Oh, fair, uh, honestly. Yeah. Punishment fits the crime. Yep. So, uh, all right. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, we always appreciate it. Again, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, should be another good week uh, of Cardinal Baseball. So we'll be back next week as we always are. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad. And until next week, go Cardinals. Jack is back.